0: Hi, everyone. I hope you're all well. I've got a lovely guest this week. I'm excited to talk to her. I've known her for quite a lot of years. She's an actress and a writer and a producer and a director. And she's got a new film out now. It's a documentary about Mary Quant, the fashion designer, and it's absolutely fascinating. She's done a beautiful job and you'll really enjoy meeting her. She's gorgeous. It's the gorgeous Sadie Frost. Hello, Sadie. How are you?
1: I'm very good, thank you. Very good.
0: You've had a, an amazing last couple of weeks, haven't you? You've been frantic.
1: I have. It's been um, non-stop. It's been um, yeah, the release of my film and lots of press, and I've also been filming, um, acting in a film. So it's, it's been everything going on at the same time, which has been wonderful.
0: It's that's always the way, right? You think nothing happens, it's like buses, yeah. right? <laughs>
1: I know and then, but, and then I yeah, and then I'll enjoy time off in November when it comes. Yeah. So the film that's the the
0: documentary that you've directed came out today all over the country,
1: yeah? So yeah, it was released on the twenty-ninth of um October and um it's actually gonna be released over a period of time. Okay. Um they're staggering in two hundred cinemas, which was unbelievable because I never thought the film would even be finished or it would get a release because um, it was. we shot it during the pandemic and we also ran out, the producers ran out of money because of the pandemic. Um, so I was just like beside myself. I'd, I'd really kind of put myself on the line with this and, and reached out to so many people and friends. And I was just like, oh no, like I'm going to have to tell them the film's never coming out. It'll be one of those stories. And then finally in, in August, we, we entered it into the London Film Festival and it got in. And then we got distribution and, and then we got the money to finish it. So it all happened really quickly. And just for our listeners, this, this is about
0: the designer Mary Quant, correct?
1: It's about the fashion designer Mary Quant. And it takes place, I mean, I think it start, spans about four decades. So it uh, starts in the, the late 50s and shows how kind of the role of women changed and, and, and how and it talks a lot about the British invasion, music, um, art photography all the models um fashion yes I think I saw myself in
0: it (laughs) it always makes me laugh when I see those clips because I I was so young and so such a funny little thing it's It's, so weird I mean it was
1: so great because you know there's people you know like you and David Bailey were so important uh of that time and David couldn't do it and I know you you were not busy you were busy and you couldn't Mm -hmm. do it either so I, but I still had to tell the story of you, oh, you know, yeah, what, absolutely. how much you, what you did. What I
0: learned, what I didn't realize with Mary Quant was that the first bazaar opened in 1955. I know, it's unbelievable. I, I'm absolute. I was absolute because if you'd have asked me, I'd have said early 60s. Yeah. Because that mean I was six in
1: 1955.
0: Yeah. So she's been amazing. going.
1: Yeah, she'd been going a long time before... You know the mid '60s when a lot of people thought that this all started, and um she was ahead of her uh, time, wasn't she? Really, she's definitely ahead of her time. And it's interesting because she, you know, she it comes out in the film that she lied about her age. You know, um, did she? I yeah, she, got to oh yeah. It. So she said she I'm... was five years younger than she was. Yeah. So, so you know, so she was. I think it was because Alexander was younger than her, so she oh, knocked off five years. So. You know, that's why the, these kind of um, certain timings don't make sense. You think, well, she would have only been this age in the late 50s. But, you know, she was, in fact, older than she said. But there's so much in this documentary, you know, telling the story of, um, you know, how a woman came along and empowered other women and grew this empire and um, started this movement and and how we probably all influenced by her today and that her designs are still relevant and, and, you know, from kids that studying fashion today uh, who are, not, you know, 18, 19 to people in their 90s are all going to get something from this film because absolutely, I, I think it will, you know, it's, it's important to keep her legacy alive and and I think that's, you know, and I wanted it to be fun and cheeky and sexy and coquettish. And I think well, so. there's.
0: I have to say, I mean, I've seen a lot of footage from the like the 60s period because obviously that was when I was discovered. Mm-hmm. But there's so much footage in your film that I've never seen. Well, so that's, well done you for finding. Yeah, I mean that
1: wave. that took months, and and I had me and a, a fantastic editor and called Liz Deacon, and um, and they were archive producers, and we just was going going through it, and I was just. I was fanatical. I'm so kind of OCD and ADHD that I couldn't just set, you know, it was like I I was consumed by every, every still, every frame, every moment. Um, And I think that's, that's what I, I, I realized I was maybe good at just being patient and, and you know it's that fanatical thing of just trying to make something. Um, well, it's I I I
0: actually thought it, it's really beautifully put together because it's got a lot of old footage, but there's also lovely interviews with people. But you, the, the, the it's beautifully edited. Actually, well mm. done, you. Yeah, it's gorgeous, and it and, mo- it moves very fast, which is nice.
1: Yeah, you want it to flow, and you want it to have. I mean, we did this um, special kind of narrative where um, Camilla Rutherford, I mean, reconstruction, which is really difficult to do, but I wanted to make it. I wanted those kind of pieces to kind of really um, bookend certain, like the first act, the second act, the third act and breathe life into the story. And Camilla Rutherford does that fantastically. And, and also there's excerpts from the book that I kind of rewrote and then put in and it just kind of gives emotion to what Mary would have been going through at that part of her life. And then shooting a lot of, of modern stuff on Super 8 that looks like it's shot in the 60s. So it it's quite textured.
0: Yeah. And did... did because well, as far as i've got with it she she you she doesn't actually appear now did you actually meet her and talk
1: to her so mary's 90 and is uh, she? no she was wow. 90 when we started That's and she's amazing. 92 now and the thing is um obviously the pandemic happened and i was going to meet her i was so excited and uh, we had to put a stop to that so oh, of course. Um, yeah and then we all celebrated her 90th at the vna um, um museum at the exhibition but no, she she's very old, and and um, I think it would have been the wrong thing, especially you know, to put her under that pressure. But I've I've had lovely messages from her. She really liked the um, oh, good, yeah. The well, sizzle also and, with
0: her age, when the pandemic, I mean, that's a very that's a very fragile age. She probably wasn't allowed to see anyone. No, she wasn't think. allowed to
1: see anybody. But I think she's seen the film, and and I gather that she really liked it, which is great.
0: Oh well, well done you. I'm very impressed. <laughs> Thank you. Because <laughs> I've known you for quite a long time. I'm,
1: I was trying to think, when did we first meet? Can you remember? I reckon it would be nearly 30 years ago. I think when, so my eldest son, Finn, is about, yeah, 30. And, and, and I think you, you were friends, or I've come into um, contact with you through Gary Kemp, my first husband. That's right. So That's it would have right. I think you then. you're right. Yeah. And then I can remember. And then we
0: bumped into each other over the years. And- yeah,
1: a couple of children's parties, I think. And I think we've got quite a lot of mutual friends, haven't we? We do. I, I remember we went to a kid's birthday party. That would have been that would have been like twenty years ago. You yeah, know? Yeah, my goodness. Oh God,
0: don't It's yeah. terrifying. We bumped.
1: <laughs> we we bumped into each other at a party a few weeks ago. That was fun. well. That I would say that's the last time we saw you. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, we can say who it was. We can't say where it was, but we went yeah. to lovely Stella McCartney's big birthday. Yes, yeah, and big it was birthday. quite amazing, wasn't it?
1: It was so nice. I had so much fun. And it was just so lovely to see, you know, every I think everyone's I think what this has shown everybody is that we're all um so much more enthusiastic and and kind of um welcoming of of other people. Like it's like we want to enjoy each other's company, we wanna be human, we wanna mm. express ourselves and have fun. And um I think it like a night like that was great because everybody was just so I mean people are just so lovely, you know, and it was just so nice to see everyone. It was. And it was lovely to see I mean, you
0: you were with your lovely son, um Rafferty, right? Yeah. He's so lovely. He's such a lovely boy. We chatted boy. to him quite he's such a lovely boy. well, he's not a boy, he'd hate me for saying a boy. <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's, very nice man. Yeah, He's very lovely, nice so sweet. And the place it took place, there was this amazing terrace, wasn't there? With mm. the amazing views. Beautiful, anyway, it was a great, it was a great party. And I think everyone was so ready to, uh, you know, meet up and socialise because mm. it's been horrendous for the last eighteen months. Did you kind of carry on working
1: through all the pandemic, or I did. I worked the whole time because I was making the doc and editing, and then I was shooting different things like. I was I started doing a bit of photography work and uh, directing some other um short films so I just kept busy and I and 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 in a way I never felt that isolated because I've got a big family like the kids were with me so I had the children and they all moved back home you know they were you know 16 18 and and then some of them had left home but they came back but that must have been fun to have them all at home wasn't it it was lovely it was good it was um an interesting dynamic cuz like Raph had left home and then so, so Rudy, who's the the younger boy was the alpha male. And then suddenly the older brother comes back and there was this kind of like, you know, fighting, like who was going to be the boss. And, you know, we had to kind of sort that out. And, but no, we kind of did kept busy by doing lots of arts and crafts and, and it was, you know, it was, it was, it was lovely. It was, it was, we were really supported each other and, and yeah, we, we, we made the best of it, um, which I think is important. I think, um, I mean, I know you didn't really, um, you didn't really. You haven't been out much, have you? You've been very kind of. We,
0: um, you know, I, I'm in the upper age bracket, obviously, and my husband Lee, who you know as well, he's about six years older than me. So, you know, we, at the beginning, you know, we, we've just kind of buckled down and um, didn't see anybody. The hardest thing for me was not seeing my kids, my mm-hmm. grandkids, really. Mm-hmm. But we were fine. We just, um, we just bought um a house that we moved into. So we had lots to do.
1: <laughs> Kept yourself busy doing, um, doing design and. and I became sorting. a very, very good cleaner. Oh well, that's good. <laughs> I get. I think there's a lot you can get a lot out of cleaning. I find it very therapeutic.
0: Yeah, I do, and and I got out my sewing because I love sewing, and so I got out my sewing machine and started making things and knitting again, mm. which I love. Aww. So you know, I mean, compared to a lot of people, we 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 were you know we were lucky actually it was just so scary for me at the beginning i i mean i feel much better now and i, I had my booster
1: good 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 last week that's good well hopefully <laughs> we're going to have a, an okay winter and we just got to make the most of everything and you know and and just um embrace life because you just don't know what's around the corner really um well, none uh, of us knew this was coming did we <laughs> so so um you know in the in the documentary when you say um was so amazing that interview when you're talking about She Invented the Miniskirt. You were so, you know, I can. there's that clip and I I repeat the clip and I slow it down <laughs> just to give it like, you know, a bit of like really emphasize it. But you were so wonderful in that moment when you said that. And it's just so nice to see that kind of, which you don't really even get with young people today, that kind of naivety. You know, like I reckon when I was a teenager in, in the 80s, I, I was incredibly naive like we're still discovering things and the same yeah. for you you know but you just don't get that today do you? Liz? Well I,
0: I was a teenager in the 60s obviously and I, it, it, I mean I really was quite green mm. you know when I mean that happened to me age 16 I was a school girl and it was so weird and wonderful and I think probably in a way because I was so naive what happened to me kind of kind of went over my head In I mean I enjoyed it, it was absolutely brilliant mm. Because all I'd done was go to school, really.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, can, you, so, can you relate to that person today, though? Like, can you remember who you were? Or does it feel like when you saw that in the documentary, were you like, oh, my God, that's a completely different person?
0: Um, No, there's still a lot of her in me, but mm. I'm much wiser and much older, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was much more timid then. I was quite shy and timid and very nervous of not doing the right thing. Whereas I think, as you get older, you kind of think, "Well, hold on a minute. I'm going to see the people I like. I'm going to work with people I I respect and admire, and and you can stand your ground more." Don't haven't you found that as getting yeah. getting older?
1: I used to worry what uh, I used to worry what people thought about me. Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't care now. And you know, you, there's always going to be mean, judgmental people, and you have to, you know, you have to just kind of um, believe in yourself. And be true to yourself, and, and be kind, and 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 you know not be. But there's a lot of jealousy, and there's a lot of bitterness, and there's a lot of people that want to hold you back. But I think if you you're determined, and you you know you keep yeah, you keep I agree. you know focus straight, and I,
0: I also think you you get back what you give. Mm-hmm. So if most of the time you can get on with people and be kind and loyal, you'll get that back. I mean, there's always one or two along the way that are horrible and that you don't get on with or do the wrong thing but I think you know I mean I've you know god my career's over, over 50 years now and I think in all that time I can only think of two people who were I didn't who were not very nice and I didn't get oh, on that's with good.
1: You, you were. Like, she's not bad no that, that that's pretty that, that are two people yeah. in all that time there was another bit in the in the documentary where um I interview Kate and I say you know I'm talking about you know what were the women like in the 60s and she talks about you and Jean Trimpton. Oh yeah, I and she um, she said that you had taken her under your wing, and she goes. Well, you up, know, we all fell madly in love with Kate when she hit the scene, and there,
0: there's a kind of thing between us because we were both. If I'd have gone to a model agency then, they wouldn't have taken me on because I was too small and too thin, and and Kate was kind of. We're the same you know sort of size when we mm. started you know because most models were you had to be to go to an agency you had to be over five foot eight and I was five foot six mm-hmm. and she was the same so we kind of there's kind of a affinity yes yeah. with, with that well, like
1: and they I guess they compared they compared you they said that you looked had similarities and you looked like each other
0: I don't think we look our faces no. aren't the same but there's there's an essence mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. because there's an essence of Kate that we all love because she's so just charming and lovely, and you just want to hug and kiss her all the time, don't you? She's just so sweet, so down to earth. So like yeah. you,
1: you're down to earth, which is lovely. And I
0: think because when I first went to America, I you mean, know, I went, I went to work for American Vogue. I was flown over by Diana Vreeland, who was the editor of American Vogue. But I, because of the Beatles going in before me, I was kind of part of that British invasion. And suddenly I was on all the chat shows. And I so I, I suddenly became not just a model, but a celebrity because of that, because of that British thing, which kind of happened to Mary Quant, didn't it? Because it's that interesting But when she's flying in and she finds out that there's press waiting for her. And she wouldn't get out of the room. And freaked out. <laughs> got- I mean, I didn't freak out because I was, I was kind of used to it by then. Although I, that, when I, that first trip, I couldn't go out in the street in New York because people would cut They were weird. They wanted to come and touch me. To You know, it wasn't, not horribly,
1: but <laughs> I, it was a bit scary, actually. I think um, it's interesting as well in the documentary where they said about British fashion that when um, you went over and you were wearing trouser suits, women weren't allowed to wear trousers then in America. I, I got stopped going into the Four Seasons
0: Hotel for lunch. 'Cause I had not I didn't have jeans on, I had a really nice trouser suit on and they wouldn't let me in. And then the photographer I was working with he he had a bodyguard for me, who was the biggest thing you've ever seen. And he just just he just kept walking past the maitre D and said, Miss Twiggy is going to her table and just, just walked straight through the so I just followed him in my um, trousers. Yeah, <laughs> so I might have been the first one in the 60s to get into the yeah. four seasons. Mm-hmm.
1: Did I read right that you've got ten brothers and sisters? Well, there's ten of us, so there's five girls and five boys. Yeah.
0: Oh, so you're one.
1: You're one, one of, of ten. 10 yeah. I, yeah. There's a wow. couple of step sisters as well, but but no, ten, ten brothers and sisters, ten, ten all together. Yeah, it's quite quite a big family. Quite a bit. That's amazing. Was that? Where do you come in? Were you one of the youngest? So or I've one got. Of the oldest? I'm the eldest girl, and then I've got two brothers that are older. So my mum and dad, they're both from Manchester. And they were. Um, they came down to. My mum ran away when she was sixteen and pregnant with me. Oh um, wow! Yeah, you, your mum got pregnant with you at sixteen. Yeah, and she was like a very. The parents were strict Catholic. so they went on the run. They, they went on the run. Um, my mum and oh, dad. Oh god! Yeah, my dad was like a psychedelic artist. He he painted with a couple of other artists. The, the John Lennon's Rolls Royce, and oh, wow. the piano that Paul McCartney played and car on the kinks album and they 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 just did all kind. Of, this design group really? were very ahead of their time they did some brilliant stuff and um so so it was a kind of mad hippie family and um you know they both married three times so we're all blood related but um so i was always up and down living half in london half in manchester so I've, i never really even though i'm a londoner i also feel very very um mancunian so was it a kind of very bohemian childhood yeah um we lived on a bus for a while and we <laughs> <laughs> lived in a car um for That's a few cool. months we traveled in a car well, we drove in a car from on in a Citroen. we took the back out of it so we had no back seat and we just put mattresses on the back and my three <laughs> me and my sister and we would basically live we drove from belsize park where we lived then to marrakesh so oh it must have taken goodness. quite a while and yeah i just remember we used to just like sleep in the back of the car and my mom would put a tent up for her and my um stepdad. Yeah, it was just it was So how old were you then? I was eleven then. So I was eleven wow. and my other sister was nine and then and then well maybe I was about nine actually. And then yeah, because Jessie, the baby, was this kind of really pale, kind of redhead, and she was obviously didn't react very well to the heat. So she actually lived mainly in a a washing up bowl. So they just <laughs> had to fill it with water and put it on the back seat and she just sit sit in oh it. Oh my god. You should write this and direct. this is this is a film, isn't it? I know. Well, it, it's interesting because a lot of it is in my books. I um, wrote a book when, it, when my father passed away. I had a lot of demons with him because he was quite a character and it was very, um, it wasn't like a, a normal autobiography. It was more about my relationship with my dad. So I called it Crazy Days. And I do talk about the upbringing and being on the hippie trail and all this, but um, I definitely think it would make a good movie. I mean, my my aim is to after this documentary to do another documentary about fashion. I want to do a documentary about you? So put that in your diary. <laughs> i put it in my diary. Put it in your diary. And I also want to, um, yeah, I definitely want to do something about the experiences as a kid and my childhood because. Well, that that uh, you know, to me that because
0: I had a very very ordinary upbringing in you know North West London. Uh, you know, I had a lovely mum and dad and lovely older sisters, but it was very ordinary. Mm-hmm. Working class. My dad. My dad had quite a good job. He was. He built built sets at the film studios, which we thought was very glamorous, mm, no, <laughs> and sure. occasionally would take us along.
1: But um, but compare. I mean, that for a child to go. It was quite oh, um, amazing. I mean, yeah. And then when my mother' um, relationship finished with with my stepfather, she, she met someone else who was a Bagwan Rajneesh. So we all had to convert to being um, Bagwan Rajneesh. You know, the cult oh, where you more orange. So. You know, that was another um, chapter. There was there were many, many interesting but funny did things. But didn't you go to a stage school at some point, Italia Conti? So I went to, got a scholarship to go to stage school, Italia Conti, when I was 11, because I just went to the local kind of, um, you know, the, the primary, normal primary school, which was great. And they just said, you know, she, she should get into acting or performing. And I got a scholarship from Camden Council. Um, Ilya was called then which was great because I never would have had the opportunity to have done any of the things that I've done if it hadn't started there. And was it wonderful? It was it was it was very wonderful. I mean it was that was like a different era then because we were wearing cloaks and voters and you know, da- you know they were encouraged the, the whole thing about stage goals then were very very old fashioned. But you know, I learned to tap and do ballet and be disciplined and I did my first film when I was 11. So so that but that took me out of kind of I was kind of um, socializing in, in school and growing up with like the naughty kids at the school and like, <laughs> you know, at like 9, 10, I was a, a little urchin. And I think if I hadn't have gone to that school, you know, the sad thing is that most of the people I was hanging out with, a lot of them have passed away, um, you know, very early because of certain things. So yeah. it was, you know, you know, it's about. But, when- that's interesting. You say that
0: going that, you know, taught you discipline, which actually because I think people who aren't in the the entertainment business think it's all kind of a jolly ride all the time but you you know it's very important that you are disciplined you have because to because if you especially if you're doing stage you know yeah. you've got to be there you've got to you know learn your lines you've got to get on that stage eight times a week yeah whatever you fit you know i mean it the discipline is huge i think
1: there's a lot of discipline and there's a lot of i mean yesterday i was shoot, I'm shooting a film at the moment which you're going to Love as well. I think um, it's about. Um, it's called the Chelsea Cowboy, and it's about John Bindon. Oh, yes. And that, and he was such a character in the '60s. And you're kind of, you know, you get picked up at four or five in the morning to get your makeup oh, done and an hour's drive. And you know, you're as often in very kind of unglamorous locations and cold. And you know, I was sitting. It was funny. I had a big puffer jacket on. I was, and I was lying on the floor in in, in a kind of green room. There was no furniture. <laughs> I mean you know and it was great and everyone's lovely in the film and I was like going oh my god this is so surreal like you know because people think that if you're in the entertainment business it's it's completely it's different cleverous. but it's it's hard work <laughs> and you have to you have to be 110% the whole time really
0: no I totally agree I I mean having done various things in in the business you know it is it is about turning up it's about learning what you've got to learn and it's about performing and you've got to be in top form to do that, keeping healthy, you know, eating right, sleeping right, and also you, in between all this, had four children. So, mm. how did you balance all that?
1: So, I think, I, I mean, there was bit spread out. So, Finn is six years between Finn and Raph, and then then four years between Raph and Iris, and then two years, and then so then I think the hardest was when Finn was twelve, Raph was six, Iris was four, and Rudy was two, or something like that. Yeah, if that all adds up something like that. maybe not yeah I might have done my math wrong but something like that anyway that was hard <laughs> double buggies double um oh, car God. seats and you know what a teenager getting four different nursery schools or schools or you know all different places to go and but I was just always somebody that wanted to work so I had my fashion company Frost French at that time and I was doing small parts and films I knew I couldn't go off on location for three months and mm. I couldn't do big roles and I make a sac made a sacrifice to you know do cameos and small independent films. I, I wanted to keep my toe in and do it, and I wanted to have a business and be creative. Yeah. But, but you know, you're right. It does fall on on
0: the female usually that has to step back, and you know, for
1: the children. I think you have to be. There has to be one consistent parent. There has to be one consistent parent. And I think, you know, I, you know, I, I'm very lucky. Both their fathers are amazing fathers. But you know, I, I, I knew that. If you know my my ex husband was away for four or five months doing it on location, I had to really one of us had to be around. But you know we made you know we always compromised and and we were fair. But I I'm ex- I'm very happy with how it, how it's all turned out. You know I was there a lot of, you know the whole time mainly and and got to work as well. But not you know it's and and things evolve and they happen the way they're supposed to happen. So I never was oh I wish I'd been living in L A and got a big role and you know I was just like you know what I'm. They, a career is a career one whatever level it is it's a personal thing
0: it, it is i mean i agree with you mm-hmm.
1: And you were in the Coppola film Dracula, weren't you? I was in uh, yeah Dracula when Finn when Finn was a baby went over to LA and, and screen tested for that and got in that role and the film was wonderful with Francois Coppola and what was he like? He is like a big teddy bear like I <laughs> completely fell in love with him. He was so giving and generous and worked brilliantly with the actors and I just love that whole kind of family thing he has because he's always got his kids around and we went up to his house and. San Francisco and ate lovely food and pasta and wine. And he 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 was just very generous. Um, and it's just a great honour to work with him. Yeah, it's, it, it's wonderful when you kind of, your paths cross with
0: extraordinary people. I mean, I had that with Ken Russell, who directed mm. my first film. And he was, you know, he was a bit mad, but there was something amazingly wonderful about it. And, you know, and he was a huge influence on the not only the british film industry but um i remember years later when i first met steven spielberg who who i, I don't know that well but and he said the, how what a, a huge influence ken russell had been on him as a young mm. wannabe director mm, interesting so it's lovely when you've you've actually had a you know like as you know coppola's one of the great directors isn't he
1: yeah and no, i think um they're kind of things you remember when you know, like for me, yeah. You know, someone like Coppola, or, or, or I remember a conversation with David Bowie was one of the most amazing conversations I've ever had in my life. Yeah, you know, he was extraordinary. There's wasn't just those he? few, there's some people that just touch you, and and you'll like kind of remember and have that touch forever.
0: And you've done quite a lot of theatre as well, haven't you? I see.
1: I see. I was looking at your bio and You did *Fall for Love*. Did *Fall for Love*? Yeah, with Cole which is such play. a great play. Yeah. Um, at the Riverside, and I did um, two one-women shows, one at Soho Theatre and one at Trafalgar Studios. And then the last play I did was um, playing um, Gypsy Rose Lee, which was a wonderful character um to play. That was a hard play. It was a really hard play. And that was at the Wilton Theater. Was that a one-woman show or was that So a, a, the other two was about the one-woman show was about a Madonna fan, but this one was about the period of, you know, when Jitzroese tried to become a novelist and all these people living in oh, in the house wow. in Brooklyn. Um yeah, it was it was good, but it was the the last thing I've done and it was quite scary. I mean, I would definitely like to go back and do more theatre because I I don't want to end my theatre career on that production and I've got a couple of ideas of things that I want to do but um oh I'm actually doing something um we're doing like a reading in um in December at the Criterion on the sixth of December with a load of women about domestic abuse so we've all oh. I've written a, a a kind of a short play which um I'm going to perform. And 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 there's going to be a lot of other women, and all the all the money goes to domestic abuse charities. Oh, what a wonderful yeah. thing to do! And um, yeah, it's called Punched, and um, yeah, six six December, and so that's like my head is coming out of Quant, and is kind of you know is now going to be going into that and uh, putting a lot of time and energy into that.
0: But you know, as awful as all that is, it's wonderful now that it's getting the recognition that it should have had years and years ago, mm. don't you think?
1: Absolutely, I think I think it's very important for people to realise as well what abuse is and what it isn't. I mean, I, I just watched that amazing two TV series called Made, which if any oh I heard yeah, about that on the radio
0: today, and it's so is it
1: amazing. It, it's absolutely it's brilliant, and the performances are fantastic. Andy McDowell is so brilliant, and the lead actress is her, in fact, her daughter, and they play mother and daughter in it. Oh, wow.
0: um, and it
1: really really talks about abuse and emotional abuse and physical abuse and the difference and and i think you know i think sometimes when you're in an abusive relationship you don't know you're in an abusive relationship mm. and you're scared to tell people because you don't want to be you don't yeah. want people to be uh, you're embarrassed so
0: yeah.
1: this event and this the these plays and this play that i've written is is all about highlighting that and and the struggles women have.
0: Brilliant. You're amazing. You're so prolific. <laughs> Directing. And are you gonna you have also directed some
1: film films, not documentaries. So I've produced um, a few feature films. The last one I did was with um, Two for Joy with Sam Morton and Billy Piper with um Oh, I love her. Yeah, they're both fantastic actors, and I did it produced with my friend Emma commonly and then i've directed a couple of short films this year one called contact and one gotten what the other one's called <laughs> <I've>, <laughs> well you've done you're doing so yeah, much but, um, <laughs> yeah i think i definitely want to explore my more direction because i feel like I'm, it's more suited to my personality than producing producing is hard work in the sense yeah. that you know well, it's I don't getting
0: wanna, the, i mean we've done a couple of things in the past producing and it's it's just so you know getting the money raised and like you said at the beginning when we were chatting you know with COVID hitting you didn't know if it was going to mm. happen and whether the money was going to fall out and oh I mean we we did something off Broadway all 20 years ago and we had the, we had the money and it was about Noel Coward and Gertrude Lawrence and I played Gertie and then I think Lee, Lee was going to direct it well he did direct it he was packed to go out to New York before me, and we got a call from the other producer saying uh, one of the, one of the money guys he's he's pulled out because something went wrong with another production, yeah. <laughs> and it was like oh what what do we... so we sat down and we thought well we can either open a bottle of wine and cry or we can put our heads together and try and get this money and we did it we we raised we put some calls out to different people and we managed to get, because, and if we didn't get the money, we were going to lose the theatre.
1: Very difficult. So it was like,
0: it's very hard. And so I take my hat off to you. <laughs> Thank you. I think it's brilliant what you're doing. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you. And I know you've got to go very soon because you've got um, another screening. Got another you? Yeah,
1: I've got a Q&A tonight, um, which I quite like doing these Q&As. Um, yeah, I like Q&As. Yeah, um, they would be. Yeah, they, you, the more you do, the easier they get. But it was, yeah, it was so nice to catch up with you and have tea. Yeah. I, I forgot to ask you if you are a tea drinker. What, yeah. You, I'm, I'm, you know, my family are from, from Manchester. We, we They put tea in a baby's bottle in Manchester. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's true. Um, I love um just normal, regular English bre- breakfast or Yorkshire tea or PG tip standard, yeah. you know, how do you have it? Milk and honey. Just milk a little and sugar? bit of milk, tiny bit of milk, and it's got stronger and stronger as I've got older. You know, it's had to get
0: more. <laughs> so yeah. My my dad, because my dad was from Bolton, so I've got I've got northern blood in me. I actually think that's why why I I kind of kept my feet on the ground because my dad was you know that that northern you know, they're kind of sensible, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, well,
1: if they're down to earth, you know, that yeah. kind of down my to earth was, thing. Yeah, my dad
0: was, you know, when all that happened to me, it was like, this is, you know, this is very exciting, Leslie, but, you know, you've got to keep, you know, I can't <laughs> do the accent. Yeah, <laughs> And I loved my dad, and I thought, yeah, he's right, he's right. You yeah, know, well, that's, that's what you need. is you just need,
1: wonderful, but, you know. need one person to keep you, you know, grounded and stay, yep. you know.
0: On well, that Norman, that Norman was mine.
1: Oh, bless, <laughs> bless <darling> Norman. Norman. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I, I'm going to let you go because I know you've got to go off and do that. Thank you so much for doing this. I'm so thrilled. Oh, I've
1: really enjoyed it, thank
0: you. And let's let's get together and have a proper cup of tea or um or lunch. Yeah, let's do it. We can be
1: ladies who lunch. Yeah, la- ladies who lunch, <laughs> and, and we talk about doing the documentary. <laughs> oh, maybe. <laughs> you see, I'm very good at it. aren't I? kind of go, Yes, please. <laughs> Very persuasive,
0: <laughs> Miss Sadie Frost.
1: Are you still doing? Are you still doing clothes? Yeah, I've got um, a fashion kind of yoga line, active
0: wear. That's right, and that's... I think I I, I saw that yeah, somewhere. Yeah, we're selling I didn't at Selfridges to... at the
1: moment, or online. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, it's going
0: well. Well, it's a good time to do active wear because you know, I, it's interesting actually through the because of the pandemic, our ways of dressing have has changed enormously. Well, for me it has absolutely i would think leisure wear is the yeah. big thing now
1: no it is it is Who wants to go be back doing... into high heels uh, yeah. <laughs> Bit a bit of both i think a bit of leisure wear and then dressing up but i'm I'm going out to the q a and i'm not changing i'm wearing i'm just wearing my trackies <laughs> yeah
0: well you look gorgeous on it oh. anyway i love you lots oh, and thank you me for see. coming on my yes. tea with twiggy and uh let's be in touch and get
1: together absolutely well thank That's
0: you lovely and I hope Quant does. I I it should. It's everyone should go and see it. It's fabulous. It really is. It's it you learn so much and it's lovely. Thank you. And well done, you. I'll
1: see you soon. <laughs> Bye. Take care.
0: Bye. Bye. Oh, that was brilliant talking to Sadie. She's so lovely. And don't forget, go and check out Quant about Mary Quant. It's a really, really good an interesting documentary and it's out now in cinemas all over the country so enjoy bye if this is your first time listening to tea with twiggy please do remember to tell your friends you can also subscribe for free on your podcast app and listen to all my previous guests if you want to connect with me i'd love to hear from you you can find me on twitter at twiggy Or you can find me on Instagram at Twiggy Lawson. My thanks go to all the people that have helped this podcast happen. Many thanks to James Carroll and all the team at North Bank Talent Management. Thanks to all the team at Stripped Media, including Ben Williams, who edits the show, my producer, Kobe Omanaka, and executive producers, Tom Wally and Dave Corkery. The music you can hear now is my version of Waterloo Sunset by The Kinks. If you'd like to hear the whole song, you can find it and all the other songs I've recorded on iTunes and Spotify, so check it out. I look forward to you joining me for my next episode, so see you then. Bye! a stripped media production.